0: Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Medical Device Success Podcast and Videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. Thank you for spending part of your day with me today. It will be time well spent because today our guest is Matthew Vernut, Vice President of Deliverability at Netcore. Matthew and I will be discussing journeys in marketing automation. Why is this important? Because journeys can help drive prospects into your sales funnel, and they can help nurture relationships with customers you already have. According to Salesforce, the definition of a customer journey is a map of the route a customer takes from the time they first encounter your brand to the time they make a purchase. However, today, when Matthew and I talk about journeys, we mean a programmed set of messages and a measurement of the response to those messages that helps build awareness and interest in your products and or services. This is an important part of marketing automation and demand generation. A little confession here, Matthew and I recorded this back before the winter holidays. That's why if you're watching the videocast, you'll see me in a fleece and a turtleneck. However, the challenges we face, as outlined in my slides, still exist, and the need for med tech companies to adopt strategies and tactics in the area of demand generation and marketing automation has not changed. Most of you know that I am the host of the Medtech Leaders community. Uh, this is a community where... MedTech leaders and those aspiring to be leaders get together and help each other out with best practices, problems, solutions, ideas, and successes. If you want to learn more about the MedTech Leaders community, you can find information at medtechleaders.net, and there is a 30-day free trial. If you like this podcast and videocast, please be sure to rate it, subscribe, and or recommend it to a friend Thank you very much for doing that. Now it is time to meet up with Matthew and learn more about journeys and what they can do for you. Matt, it's really good to have you on the podcast and videocast today. Because in the med tech world, we don't know a whole lot about marketing automation, especially small to medium sized companies. And we're digging into that, which I'll get into in a few minutes with a slide. But this thing that we're going to talk about today, journeys, I think, is going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really looking forward to talking about. It. I love talking about email and all things email related. So, should awesome. Be, uh, be
0: a good <laughs> show. <laughs> well, very good. Well, tell us first a little bit about yourself and what you do at NetCore and then what NetCore does. Sure. So my background
1: is really sort of in the the networking side of um, the business, that's what I went to school for. And over the last 20 years, I've been working in email. I've seen all kinds of programs from really small businesses to gigantic enterprises such as Procter & Gamble and, and worked on their marketing programs with them uh, as a consultant around deliverability and program management and how to get their emails properly you know, delivered, rendered, and, and in the hands of their consumers. From Netcore, what we do is we are a, an email marketing platform. Uh, so we have a platform that does API triggered messaging, uh, which a lot of journeys use. So they're, they're based on, uh, time point in time events or point in time actions, as well as a full marketing campaigning solution, uh, that allows businesses to do things every like from website, uh, customization, such as, uh, product recommendations, Uh, on your website real time based on, you know, people who bought this also like that, to SMS, to mobile push, to in-app messaging, to email, to uh, a whole bunch of other sort of automated manual journey type things. And and any one of those pieces can be brought into an actual journey. So you could have a SMS message trigger, an email message trigger, an in-app message trigger, all as part of the things we'll be talking about today in Journeys.
0: Okay. Okay. So essentially, you guys can do it all. Uh, we certainly can do almost all of
1: it. Yeah. There's, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: right. It's right. a one-stop shop. It is where we're trying to be.
0: Okay. Excellent. Okay. Very good. And let me just show you. I'm going to share my screen right now and make sure that the listeners and viewers understand where we're at. Some people may have seen this before. That you know are keeping up with this series, but um, just a reminder that the challenges that we have in med tech, and if you've heard this before, you guys can go forward 30 seconds or something uh, um, on the fast track 30 seconds on your um, uh, podcast player. But the reason we have uh, a certain problem in MedTech is our field sales forces cannot prospect face-to-face because we have these various guidances from the CDC. Now these are American guidances, but I think they exist in other countries as well. But the CDC, the um, American Medical Association, and AdvaMed essentially saying that sales reps should not be calling on hospitals and doctors. Sure, some people are getting through the door, but not a lot. And it's really uh, cramped our style, so to speak, because as I'll, at the end of this series of bullets you see that primarily – um, small to medium sized med tech companies are technology and sales driven. Okay, so back to the top of the list the field sales forces lack the tools and training to prospect and to sell virtually. Traditional trade shows are gone, which have always been a, a source of leads for us, um, but they're essentially out the window. They've gone virtual, and the results of these virtual events have been really pretty poor. Webinars remain disappointing. There's a couple solutions for that. We introduced one a couple weeks ago, uh, but still the traditional webinars don't pan out that well if they're not executed properly. And what I just said a second ago is that our companies are t- typically technology and sales driven, really relying on field sales forces to start everything at the top of the funnel. And we and right now, if you're virtual, just you can just imagine you can't really, it's really difficult to engage somebody virtually that doesn't even know you because they're just a prospect that you want to qualify. So we have these particular challenges. And if I go to the next slide, and also before I change slides, you know the uh, vaccines are coming. Is that going to help us? Not a lot. Not for a whole year. And so people still have to be prepared to do something different for a whole year and beyond Um, because if you can imagine a doctor, if he is exposed and he is not vaccinated or he's exposed and he gets sick, he is out of practice he's not participating in his practice. He's put a burden on a lot of other people. Same thing in a hospital setting. Uh, They put a burden on other people. So hospitals, doctor's practices aren't going to take risks, and they don't want the liability of a, a sales rep or somebody coming in and possibly bringing COVID into a practice where they have patients. And of course, all their patients are there because they have comorbidities. <laughs> so they don't want to put those people at risk. So granted, vaccines are coming, but it isn't the um, the the solution for us outright going forward. So I now the would, next I slide. Say,
1: I would say even in the marketing uh, world, many of these challenges are, are happening as well. I would say, you know, I'm used to going to a ton of events every year and seeing people face-to-face and getting to know customers and prospects the same way. Uh, So I feel your pain. Okay,
0: good. Thank you. (laughs) You know, it's not like, we're not like a grocery store. They're going to be open. A hardware store is going to be open, but our trade shows are gone. Your trade shows are gone. And a lot of these changes are going to be in place for some time. So this next slide I have is the demand generation spectrum, which I sort of made up as I've been learning. And that's another sign about how backward we are, is that I've been learning all this stuff and I'm going, holy cow, I consult with a lot of companies and I know we're not doing a lot of these things. So in the on the demand generation spectrum, at one end, we have ad hoc kind of stuff, which is not really well-planned, It's just somebody decides, hey, we need some leads. Let's send out an email. And the landing page isn't very well structured. The email is not that well structured. They're using a regular old email deployment system. So who knows how good their deliverability is going to be. Uh, Then we have focused individual tactics and then some sustained email campaigns with decent follow-up. That's sort of in the middle. And then we have entry-level marketing automation, and we have sophisticated marketing automation. And so we've had about, I don't know, four or five episodes so far as we've been working our way through this spectrum. And today with Matthew, we're talking about journeys, which is we're starting to get into the sophisticated side of, of marketing on automation and email marketing. Um, but these are really cool. And... That's why we're talking about it because it can have a real impact and help bring people into the top of the sales funnel and move them down to where the sales rep can then be engaged at a more productive area. So I'm going to quit sharing my slide, my screen here and get back to the two of us. I don't know if you have any comments on that, but. Um,
1: no, I, I think again, you're describing not just your vertical but this is a thing that i see sort of across the entire spectrum uh you know a lot of small businesses face similar challenges in regards to they don't have time to build a campaign that's multiple steps and maybe even regular like every tuesday i send my my email it's more right i have time today i'm going to send something so they do something sort of ad hoc Yeah, so it's it's a similar progression with small businesses to medium-sized business to large-sized business. They have similar challenges where they may not have a regular schedule of mailing, so a lot of it is ad hoc or, as the, you know maybe the sole proprietor or you know the two or three-person team has time to do these things when they're wearing ten of their hats at the same time, you know, and that's where. A lot of things can start small and grow, uh, and you know the idea of re- reusing content becomes something that I would recommend a lot to those businesses looking to move from ad hoc to even that next step of regular communications with customers.
0: right, right. I think your analogy that it's oh, it's Tuesday, it's time to send something out. I think that's very good or I have time. It's very, very good. So tell us what you mean by in by journey?
1: Sure. So journey, marketing automation, you know, triggered campaigns, all of these things are sort of synonyms for each other. But the intention is you are taking someone through a series of steps that are either educational or intended to sell a product or service to those individuals. Uh, And a, a journey could be a single step. It could be a welcome message. Thank you for registering is a single step journey. Okay. Other journeys that you probably experience in your normal life as a consumer might be, you came to our website, you put something in your shopping cart and you didn't buy it. So I sent right. you a message, you know, three days later or three hours later that says, Hey, did you forget something? Did you forget to complete your transaction? That is again, a single step journey. Um, whereas, you know, if you have a large ticket item, maybe it's a, uh, you know, maybe in, in your industry, it's, It's a large piece of machinery. You're trying to sell. Um, You know, I think when we were preparing this, we talked about like optometrist machines.
0: Yeah, like like a diagnostic device, or yeah, yeah. exactly something that that measures your your eyes. Yeah,
1: several hundred dollars, several thousand dollars in some cases. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, You know, that's not something you buy on a Tuesday night when you're browsing your email. It's something you plan for and think about as part of a journey. It could be you qualify someone they've on your website. They've reviewed the content, maybe they've asked questions, and then you could send them a series of educational pieces to say, you know, here's what our product is, here's how our product works. The next message is, you know, here's some recommendations or some reviews from clients that have bought this product. And it's a series of messages that lead that person down to build trust enough to say, I'm ready to make this purchase.
0: Okay. And then
1: take that next step to make that purchase. So there are all kinds of different journeys. They could be one step or end steps, if you will.
0: Um, yeah, I think you used, when we were talking the other day, if we stayed on the example of the ophthalmic device that somebody spends multiple thousands of dollars for, I think you used the example that after they purchased it, they might get a a, a new journey might start that, you know, your training's about to start in three days, be prepared with this, that, and the other. Then they get another message that, you know, your person's going to arrive on such and such a day and their name is going to be so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. So there could be a journey like that um, as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's all kinds of things that could be journeys um, depending on the product or service. I always like to use the example of like buying a car because I did that recently. I bought a car last year. Um, You know, the perfect journey for someone... That is buying a car. I'm not a first-time car buyer, but imagine a first-time car buyer, right? Um, you know, or or I, I will throw you know my my mother, if you will. She was never good at maintaining the car. My dad took care of that forever. <laughs> so the idea being, you have to get an oil change every three months or every ten thousand in, in Canada, every f- five to ten thousand kilometers, kind of thing. Um, so you you have regularly scheduled maintenance that is predictable. Right. right. After you buy a car, the immediate journey that my brain thinks about is well, oil change in 3 months. Okay, well send me an email 10 weeks later that says we should schedule you an oil change cuz you're due. Your 3 month service is up. Well then when I get that done, you have a date and time, so the CRM will have a date and time and they can predict uh, you know they can predict the next 3 month service. They right. know how many kilometers I've driven, so they can predict how fast I'm driving or how soon I'm going to reach, you know, the next milestone. So they could build that into their journey, and every time that I'm ready, in order to make my relationship with my dealership or my auto manufacturer um, sticky and and more reliable, and 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 really focus on servicing your customer. You know, once you've set those milestones, you have those key data points in your CRM, you know what the next point is. You can plan for that in a journey with your customer. You know, brakes need to get done. You know, oil changes need to get done. Winter packages or tire rotations, all of those things are on a schedule. It's your perfect journey. It's already mapped out. That's just one example. I would assume in the medical field for technology, you have a similar maintenance schedule. You have a similar part replacement schedule. You have similar services for, especially now, right? You need cleaning products to clean the eye pieces so that the next customer, when they come in, like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to optometrist and it's just like, here's some, you know, we're gonna clean it before you use it. Yes. yes. So they have all those needs for those bits and pieces to clean replaceable or disposable parts that as a manufacturer or as a distributor, you know how many pieces they have and you can tell what their ordering schedule is. Right. So you can predict the next order. Right. And if you're smart about it, you can build that into your journey.
0: Okay. And I think, you know, what we do in a lot of these smaller companies is we're doing journey journeys, but we're doing them manually. Right. You know, so we think, oh, somebody bought something, we need to follow up with them. So let's send them an email. Now, the problem with that if you're good at executing, great, it gets done. The problems with that are that they take time to do and it is possible to forget them absolutely and miss them and you miss an opportunity so yeah, I was thinking about this the other day as I was preparing for this and I thought, yeah, we're doing this stuff manually we're doing journeys, but we're doing it manually and and which leaves a lot to be desired and I think when you go back to the journey that you were talking about, about moving somebody along the path to sell something. And so they go to a med tech website, they zero in on a particular product or technology they're interested in. They pull up um, perhaps a white paper or a download or something, and they identify themselves. And now you can start that journey. You can send them another piece, hey, you were interested in this you might be interested in another thing. Um, So we're attaching that. And then then you can determine that they read both of those or they viewed the videos, whatever it is. And now you can move them further down into the funnel to some point where you hand them off to a salesperson. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely, in an ideal space, yes. You do that for every customer that ever visits your website. Right. Um, You know, there are certainly people that are window shopping. They may be interested uh, in a product. For service or just a general idea maybe they're comparing you against the competitor so they want to see right. the difference in products are um, but each point in your journey each contact with that customer should be something about building that relationship building that connection with the consumer and building a level of trust so that they choose you over your competitor because maybe the difference is to them i'm a person and not just a number that visited their website right building that personal connection goes a long way And thinking about those individual touch points and how are you answering a question? How are you providing a service in advance before the person maybe even knows that they want to ask that? Right. I would imagine, you know, being a salesperson, you talk to a customer and you have the same conversation over and over again. So you almost know what the customer is going to ask, the questions that they want to know the things about. You could build that discussion into a journey and say, you know, they always start the discussion here. The next piece they ask about is, you know, cost. Okay, we can talk about co- features, journey, like what is the next right. logical step and proactively answer all those in an automated fashion.
0: You could also set journeys up related to what you determine a um, a prospect's persona to be. Sure. Yeah,
1: a lot of people right. visiting a site are especially in the B2B world are End users, but they need to then sell it internally to management, to a procurement person, to uh, you know maybe an, an owner if it's a small business, uh, right. to say you know this is a great product and service. I think we should use it. So there is an internal education piece that needs to happen, and you need to make that internal champion on your side.
0: Right. Exactly. So when I look at small to medium sized med tech, and I'm thinking about the applications of journeys, um, in, in marketing automation, I'm thinking you can nurture your current customers because in some businesses, your current customers might be worth, you know, 50% or more of your ongoing revenue, whether it's replacement parts, disposables and, or new equipment, they just like you. So they're going to buy new stuff from you. So it could be 50, 60 or more percent. Who knows? Then there's nurturing, New prospects. So that'd be another category or area. There's um, and that would be in the area of demand generation to try to help generate new demand with people you really haven't done business before. And so it's like a, a new person that'd require a totally different kind of journey. And then there's the after-purchase follow-up. Those are all very common sense things to that I'm thinking about. What does somebody need to have in place? So let's say you've got this small, medium-sized company. They've got a CRM in place. Let's assume it's a bad assumption because the percentage of good use of CRM is really bad, really low um, is what I've just been learning. Uh, and I've seen that myself with companies I've consulted for. Uh, they, they use your CRM as like an, uh, a glorified contact management system. But let's say somebody does have a CRM in place and they actually have their sales process pretty well embedded and most of the sales team is following that sales process, so so it can be tracked and followed, and so on. So they've got a CRM system in place. What other type of module or software package do they need to have to start implementing journeys?
1: A lot of it comes down to you know, I like guess it's, it's not just your CRM, like it's a, what your CRM potentially plugs into. So okay. like a solution like ours with the NetCore platform, we have a journey builder built into our application. So it will plug in to your your CRM through APIs, or you can export from your CRM and put it into our application just as an example. So you can then come in and say, I know purchase date, I know email, I know product service, depending on how you structure your database. So you have to have some idea of what you want to journey, I suppose, first off as well. Right. so, once you know things like product and sales date, you can then start building things around those journeys to say, um, you know, service date, service package. Every 12 months, we need to sell a service package. You need to rebuy a service package for this so we can maintain the product. You can put that on it. That's an easy journey. It's a once a year schedule. Two, three months before right. the service date expires, you start the trigger of, You know, service package, we'll just use January 1st as an example. Service package starts January 1st, okay? So October 1st, you should send your first, hey, two months until your package expires. Right. November 1st, you send a second follow-up. December 1st, you send another follow-up. Basically, you build a short journey that says, and it gets more urgent as it progresses. Right. That's a simple one, right? And it's based on hard fixed dates within your service agreements.
0: So in that case... If a company, they just had a CRM, they already know who their customers, and let's say the CRM is tied to their accounting system, so the CRM knows what the various customers have purchased, then at least when it comes to nurturing customers and promoting additional products to current customers, you could take a program like yours at Netcore, uh, latch it onto the CRM for better. I don't know if that's a great word or not, but right? sure. connect mm-hmm. it somehow yeah. and, and then, and create these journeys and maybe it's um, and also you might segment your customers. Maybe you have some, if I'm going to ophthalmology again, since I know that really well, maybe some of your customers are glaucoma specialists, some are retina specialists and you have different journeys. So in that respect, they they need to work with an organization like yours, but then they do have to put the effort in mapping out these journeys, correct? Absolutely, yeah. So
1: there are certain things that would be sort of more basic journeys, like a welcome program, right? That's, right. that's anytime, as of, you know, if if subscribe date equals today, <laughs> send, right? right. That's, that's a pretty easy one. Um, but where it gets harder is those journeys of, you know, date minus three months, work back schedule, building out the content. You know, what do you do if someone buys? You have to be able to kick them out of the journey because they've already re-upped, right? So if they buy after their first message, don't send them message two and three. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. It has to be, you know, definitely logical thought put into this. And I've seen people do this on whiteboards. I've seen people do this on digital whiteboards. I've seen people put papers on desks to sort of map out what each step of the journey should be. But I think, you know, if I've learned anything over 20 years when it comes to journeys is start really simple. Yes. And then build from there. So, you know, the, the easiest journey, obviously I'll say it again, is, is your welcome journey. It's so a one step, thanks for subscribing. You know maybe it's here's your salesperson's name and it's assigned through your CRM platform as to you know, basically a geographical region is a is a good example of that, you know, especially in a case like this. Another journey could be like you said, right? So we saw that you read or downloaded this white paper. People who read that one also download these other white papers. You can run them through a education journey, which is a bit harder to do. But hopefully, as a business, you know the steps of education that people need before they make a purchase, or typically do make the purchase. So you have that information. It might be in someone's head, it might be in all your salespeople's heads. Right. So you need to be able to extract that and build the documentation and build the templates. So there's it's certainly not something that most people turn around overnight. Um, right. But it is something that start simple and add one layer, add one layer, add one layer. Uh, I would say typically the more expensive the purchase as well, potentially the more steps there are, right? Right, Most people, many people don't think about a hundred dollar purchase. Oh, okay. Shopping cart abandonment. I forgot the $40 thing I wanted to buy on Amazon today. Click bought, right? It delivers tomorrow. The $4,000 piece of equipment I want to buy. Well, you know, I'm going to need to think about that. I might need to talk to my wife about that or a business partner, it might take three, four five emails to say, you know, here's all the things, all the features, all the the best part of it, the service, those types of things. And then finally you say, okay, well, that's really worth the 4,000 bucks. I'm going to buy that. There's a, there's a threshold for people in personal life and in business when it comes to the, the immediate purchase and the, I have to think about it purchase.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we call it in, in, in the uh, med tech business, we sort of equate it to, we, so it's just a credit card swipe. And so that's typically in the area of, um, four to $5,000, depending on what kind of doctors you're talking to. But sometimes though, Oh gee, that's all it is credit card swipe. And they don't talk to anybody about it, but yeah, you get beyond that. And, there's some discussions and some decision-making, but let's go back to being simple. I think that's a really, really good point. So anybody that's listening and is thinking about this and when we, cause when we talk about it, it can sound complicated, but let's say you took your CRM and um, you took your list of prospects and your customers and you said, what is the most profitable and valuable product that we have strategically that we really want to promote let's just set something up on that. We won't do it on the other 10 products we have. Let's work on this one product category and let's learn about journeys and set it up around that and map it out, create the the proper emails and the proper um, content that goes with them. And by the way, for listeners and viewers, this will have to go in your quality system in the med tech world. You know, because we're all thirteen four eighty five ISO thirteen four eighty five cut co- companies, typically ISO nine thousand one, and so a lot of our marketing stuff has to be registered and maintained. But that's a good way to start and set up some specific forms to help um, make the process of going through the quality system and making sure everything's—I um, don't know—want to use the word certified, but the everything's documented. There's the word sure. I was looking for. Yeah. It's all documented. And uh, that nobody's going to go astray. Sales reps can't go astray or anything like that or the the process. But you know, start it simple like that. I think that's a really good idea. And so now we're just talking about using the resources you have in place at a CRM and then um, using you know a a journey process for that. But let's just let's go one little step further and lean a little bit more into demand generation because that's an issue here then we probably need the assistance of our website to be capturing interest from people that we don't really know that well yet that are going to be mm-hmm. prospects. And so how does your, how does a, a system like NetCore or one of your competitors, how do they put that together?
1: So I, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can go about this one, make it easy for people to subscribe, make it people f- make it really simple for people to self-identify that they're interested in your product and services, right? Okay. Make sure your subscribe form or your, you know, question form or whatever is really easy so that they can put in their name and their email address and, and, and request more information. I think that's uh, sort of the first thing I think beyond SEO, right? I'm not an SEO expert, but, okay. you know, assume that we've got the people to your site. People right. are already there. They're following right. on social. They've got a paid ad. Something drove them to your site. Make it right. really simple. You'll see. You know, retailers commonly pop up a website pop up that says, "You know, subscribe and get ten percent off." Right? You're probably not exactly.
0: Offering, probably not time. offering
1: a discount on on this type of thing. You know, you, your first purchase over ten grand will give you a discount. <laughs> right? That's not. That's probably not going to happen. That but could. the idea is like. <laughs> I I suppose give us your email, save 10%. Maybe I suppose it could happen.
0: (laughs) Pretty expensive Uh, email address, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Better be worth it. Um, But I I think the idea being, you know, make it simple, make sure the forms are readily available. They're not hidden. They're not hard to find. You know, it's not, that's getting people in the top of the funnel, make that as easy as possible. Make them self-identify that they're interested in your brand and your organization to start. And, and this, this honestly is, is every brand. It's not just Martech, but it's every brand. So right. uh, make it easy. Then, you know, maybe your first messages to them, and this could be part of your journey, is really more the the getting to know you, right? So maybe your your form is, give me your first name, last name, uh, email, and, and maybe you say area of practice, right? What type of doctor are you? Mm-hmm. And even then, maybe you don't care right away. You just want their name and email, right? So simple forms make for more success when it comes to that. You could then send a welcome message that says, what type of doctor are you? Or what type of business are you? What type of service do you provide? People could then click and self-identify to say, I'm an ophthalmologist, I need to, I'm interested in vision care. Okay, easy. There's one data point for your CRM to say, what types of messages should I be sending? You can build the journey for those types of users. Right. Someone else comes and says, uh, you know, I'm I'm a GP. Okay. well, maybe you don't offer services the same way for GPs, but they're interested for whatever reason. So you can put them into more of a generic messaging platform. Um, You know, maybe you get a podiatrist that comes in. Okay, well, we can service and provide those types of information for you. Because if doctors are like any other business, they know all the other doctors in the neighborhood. Right. Referrals are a big thing in the doctor world. Right. As a GP, I, my GP refers me out to all kinds of other doctors. When I go see him for questions or concerns or things that he's not a specialist in, right. I'm, I'm I'm glad he does. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You want that type of, you know, experience. And, and it's completely different. I would say in Canada where we have the socialized medicine compared to like other, you know, parts of the world that don't, but like for me to go to a doctor, it's simple. I make an appointment and I show up. Right. So depending on the services you need, you might be able to talk to a GP and he says, oh yeah, I know, you know, I was just talking to my friend who's a podiatrist. He needs one of these things and you guys were talking about it and I referred him to you, right? So there are those types of campaigns where you want to just continue to send out some generic messaging that's educational, informational to people who maybe aren't your key market because they're going to know somebody.
0: Right. Um, Right, right, right. Okay. That's
1: a couple different streams we've talked about there. And all those things could lead to specific webinars for those areas of interest, uh, generic webinars for sort of a general practice, who we are, um, event management, one-on-one conversations. um, All of these types of things can be driven that way. I think the other piece that people miss in demand generation is the ability to partner with like-minded businesses so you know i I know specifically you know in in like the like the the building vertical there's all kinds of magazines that are dedicated to tradespeople's. i would right it's exactly the same in the medical field there's all kinds of magazines that doctors subscribe to to stay up to date on things most of those publishers will provide you know for a fee uh, the ability to send promotions to those lists as well, or put ads yes. in their existing newsletters, things like that. That's a great way to use a third party to broaden your reach to a target audience that you specifically want to talk to.
0: It's a highly recommended way um, in med tech because the publishers have opt in email lists and they're considered a trusted source. Now, you can't buy the email list, but they can deploy for you, give you the stats on it so you can see how well the email was received, but it is a way to get out and, and bring people in. Absolutely. Bring them to your website or, or take them to a landing page that's you know hopefully reasonably well constructed.
1: And and that's um, that's I would say is where you then build the mousetrap to collect that opt-in yourself.
0: Right, right. And then put them into your own journeys. Right move them on, move them on to the journeys that you've planned for that. So you have to plan the journey in advance, knowing that if we get these kinds of responses to this effort, this is where these people are going to go. Right. And then, and then monitor that. But you could, like you said, still start simple, start with one campaign, um, learn from it, and then grow from there. Um Yeah. I was thinking about sharing this, but I don't want to embarrass any of my friends in in the ophthalmic industry, but I went on to one of my, um, a company that I'm very friendly with. I went onto their website and went into their webinar section and hit the register button for a webinar because I wanted to see what they would ask of me to register to see one of their canned webinars. They had eight things.
1: Big long form
0: big long form with eight things that I either had to fill out or check off. And I thought to me, that's a deal killer, you know, for a few of the things were easy to check off, but still there were several things you had to fill in. And my reaction was, and I'd like, I'd like to find out, I'm trying to figure out how I can ask them what kind of success they have with people filling out those forms. But my experience with long forms has been terrible. So anyway, yeah, make keeping it simple is important.
1: Uh, Yeah, the longer the, I think, I don't remember exactly the stat, but I know for every extra field you add beyond like first name, last name, email address, you lose like, it's like 15% of your, Wow, it's it's a lot higher than I ever expected it to be. And I, I don't have the stat handy, but I was very surprised when I heard the number. So like a field with like an eight field form, you're adding five extra fields, you're probably losing a 50% bounce rate or more.
0: That's, uh, that's what I would think too. Okay, so we've sort of talked about some key things here, which are you know what a journey is, how it can be valuable, because it's doing a lot of work for people. I mean, these are doing a ton of work. And this, the other thing I want to emphasize to viewers and readers is it's doing this work 24-7. You know, it's working a lot harder than a sales rep. I shouldn't say harder than a sales rep is, but it's working when a sales rep can't, right. you know, and it's feeding people information on a, at their convenience when a sales rep can't. I think those are really important factors. But when, now, so uh, considering all this, how expensive is it to plug a system, a, let's say a fairly simple system into somebody, let's say all they're doing is working off their CRM um, and uh, maybe some demand generation from some blast emails that they've sent out. You know, what kind of what, what are people looking at in terms of a of a cost to build this in?
1: So it it varies greatly by platform. And, and not being a salesperson, I don't know all the pricing, but I know that it can go from uh, you know extremely uh, efficient and, and cheap. But again, you kind of get what you pay for. Right. um, Right. So um, there are email marketing platforms that for less than 2000 consumers on your file, you could potentially use them for free in limited quantities. Uh, When you start to get bigger lists, you start to look at things like um, number of contacts is a billing feature that a lot of people, uh, a lot of platforms use. So, you know, uh, a list of 10,000 people compared to a list of a hundred thousand people, you know, will be exponentially more. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I think in, in this case, these are traditionally smaller lists too, right? Because they're right, not-
0: let's say it's like four or 5,000. I mean, a lot of companies don't have, there's, there's 17,000 ophthalmologists, you know, sure. so if you had every one of those names and addresses, you know, which, that'd be pretty yeah. remarkable. For, but, um, for an
1: actual email platform, call it 17,000 people. You know, you're probably looking at a few hundred bucks a month for the actual email platform.
0: Right, right, exactly. Um, but then, then, what about, then what about having the assistance? Like, so you have a marketing person, they know they want to do this, and they can write some content. Let's assume that they can either hire somebody to help write it or they can write it. But to have somebody that works with them X number hours a month for the first few months to make sure that the system's set up properly and linked into their CRM? And w- what kind of expense is that, do you think? You know,
1: a consultant on retainer might be a couple thousand bucks a month. Okay. Right, in order to to get you set up, I would imagine there's a bit more of an upfront cost. Right. But an a, a ongoing retainer with a consultant that you get you know, take 10 hours a month with might be four or $5,000.
0: Yeah. Okay. So to me, I mean, when somebody hears that right out of box, they're going, wow. Okay. That's money. But if you have an ineffective sales rep out there that doesn't have any leads to follow up on, that's nothing. If you can't go to a trade show where you'd spend maybe um, even for a small booth, a a 10 by 20 foot booth, uh, several people in the booth, the shipping, the return of the, you know, all that stuff, that's, that's probably $20,000, $30,000 right there e- easily. And larger companies, midsize companies are spending 50, 60, 000, 000 at a trade show. So that in place to help bring people in, bring people to the party, it's really reasonable in my mind.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I like, obviously understanding to get set up, there's way more work, so it's going to be right. more than that, but like an ongoing retainer to kind of check in every month, make sure the program's working, make you, you know, help you with edits, help you with new program ideas, those types of things. You know, you, you probably start in that four to $5,000 a month range, depending yeah. on the consultant, depending how much work you want them to do. Right. Or those types of things for an actual program, you know, it'll vary. So, so some platforms have an all-inclusive pricing, right? So you might be able to get things like, you know, all your email on a CPM basis of a a few dollars per thousand. That might include journeys, but you basically have to do it yourself. Yeah. If you want an internal consultant, that might be a little extra. It might be cheaper than an external consultant, but they're going to basically be platform-specific consultants. I can help you build the journey in our platform. Right, But I'm not going to be the person that says, here's what your journey should be, right? So you're going to have different yep. types of consultants. So that might be a little extra for that body to help you out. You know, some might actually be like, well, journeys is more expensive. So it's going to be more, You know, it's an additional cost on your CPM. So, you know, you're probably looking from a platform perspective on 17,000 addresses. You know, you might be $1,500, $2,000 a month
0: see that to me that is Maybe. very reasonable right. and if these a lot of these companies are so in ophthalmology just like cardiology and all these other specialties they have subspecialties so some companies are only dealing with retina doctors okay so in the United States there's only several thousand of them now there's a lot of other doctors that are trying to do retinal work and so you need to find them and I mean uh, ophthalmologists that aren't fellowship trained retina docs they're trying to do some retina work and they and they need to because, you know, there isn't a retina doctor to service their community. Uh, so they keep up on it, but you can identify them. There's the the publishers can help you identify those people. So anyway, so, okay. But to me, this is all very, very e- email reasonable. Is a, yeah, email and, is
1: a very affordable channel. The, the most expensive part for email comes in when you're sending, you know, millions of messages because your right. CPM fees... Naturally, end up higher, um, or when you're doing things that are very complicated and you need to bring in a specialist to help you with content strategy, um, implementation, those types of things. That takes time, but it's also a specialty. But in the end, once it's set up, if it's working right, it's it's rather affordable to maintain as well. Right.
0: So now when it comes to, when it comes to like lists or or uh, target target groups that are Three to five, six, seven thousand people. Is that still something that like a net core could work with?
1: We absolutely have, we have, we have small clients. Um, you know, I would consider those to be smaller clients. Most of our clients do send, you know, thousands of messages, but there are, you know, maybe platforms that might be more efficient for small business in, in that regard. Um, or, you know, we have a lot of partners that use our technology that offer better services to smaller businesses.
0: There you go. Okay.
1: Um, but but not to say like we work with businesses of all sizes all the time, right? Right. Like, we just signed a trade association that has 5,000 members. There you go. So, you know, it, it's not – sometimes it becomes a, um, a cost thing, right? Like a, a trade association with a few thousand members – we're not the cheapest for someone like them. Right. Right. We're very flexible for what they want to do and where they want to grow, but up front, we're going to be more expensive. Someone who has, you know, a million members on their list or a hundred thousand members on their list, yeah, we're quite affordable for. It. And we offer all the services and features. Right. So There is certainly some economies of scale, but we also offer, you know, like I said, work with partners that deal with smaller businesses. And basically, they get a better discount rate from us, but offer all the same products and services. But because they're buying in bulk, they get the discounted rate. Right. And that's pretty common in in the the email marketing platform to have partners that take on that smaller business that's not ready for doing it themselves even. And that's, I I think, another big thing. Like, you may not have to hire a consultant. You could hire an email marketing technology agency that would work with someone like a NetCore with multiple clients, and they could do that hard work as part of their fees. Right. So there are lots of those uh, types of services as well. And they interface with Salesforce, they interface with us, they interface with SendGrid, they interface with other platforms. So those types of solutions exist as well. If you're not ready for DIY, you can hire that agency in between to do it.
0: Okay. Okay. Have we missed anything? We've covered a lot of ground. I think the
1: only other piece that is super important to doing any type of email properly is looking at the authentication solutions for email. Uh, it's super important to get your messages. And I think, you know, from any type of sales organization, any type of marketing platform, any type of business, having your email authentication properly configured and working with a consultant to make sure that's properly set up for both your corporate email and your marketing communications your transactional communications is absolutely something that should be done by every business. And basically any email platform you work with, right? So like Netcore, we help our clients get that configured to send mail through our network. Any other major ESP does the same thing, deals with that. Um, and you know, sometimes you'll talk to someone like me and I'll be like, oh, I noticed these things are broken in your corporate network too. go fix them. So, you know, sometimes you get someone that helps,
0: (laughs) right? Right, exactly. Uh, uh,
1: but definitely talk to a consultant to get those things set up properly. Again, you know, it's worth the headache to spend a few thousand dollars and get that set up when you're talking about a business that might be making 10 or $15 million a year in selling medical equipment.
0: Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Good advice. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. This has been terrific. I've, I keep learning so much. And <laughs> the couple of times I've talked to you, I've learned a ton. So um, um, I really enjoy this. And I reserve the right to come back and ask you to do something like this again as we get into the weeds on these um, demand generation and marketing automation subjects. Sure. I'd be happy to. All right. Very good. Well, thanks again. Great. Thanks very much for inviting me on your show. Marketing automation works for you 24-7. If done correctly, it can help build awareness and interest in your products and services while you are reading a story to your children at bedtime. Don't have children? Well, then it can work for you while you're cooking dinner or when you are working out at the gym. You can start implementing marketing automation and the concept of journeys with your current CRM, even if the CRM is not linked to your website with a marketing automation tool. However, if you want to identify and capture prospects that have been attracted to your products and services via your website, you will need some sort of marketing automation software and you may need some expert help to implement it. But just remember when you consider the investment the return on this investment makes it all worthwhile. It is not very expensive. Get started now. Thanks again for your time today. Now go win your week.